You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein and... Beyond our wildest dreams, we are here on Black Friday, a victory Black Friday, to talk about the Packers beating the 8-2 and two Lions in their house at Ford Field on Thanksgiving Day. Let's talk about it. They won. I can't believe it. Part of me, this is, a, this is crazy because you and I mentioned the Cardinals game last, two seasons ago. Uh, Rasul's breakout game where Aaron Rodgers went in with like nobody and a prayer and somehow him and Matt came up with a win against the undefeated Cardinals and we were like this team isn't that team because that team had 12 but this the Packers and Matt LaFleur somehow have this like history of doing this and after getting their asses whooped on national television and Jordan said it in his presser after the game you know we've had this game on our minds for a while. There was something about this that could have led to, and I didn't think they'd win, and I didn't think they'd take the lead and never give it back. No, this was like a whole statement-handed win. There was absolutely no question from start to finish the Packers were going to win this game. Never a moment were the Lions in it, quite frankly. Um, But I thought there was a chance they'd be competitive for sure, at the beginning, I thought shootout, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, like, like, you know, they came out swinging with that 53 yarder bomb to Christian Watson. I thought, okay, they came to play. Piss is hot this morning. But this team, I don't know, man, the culmination of the last month, something about this team and 
Matt, when he's down all of his weapons <laughs> back against the wall, um, something ignites in him and the play calling juices get flowing. And also, I just think like they've been leading towards this like breakout game where the pieces have the pieces have really been clicking. And I think the only reason we questioned whether this would be the game or not is because of injuries. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though there were still enough pieces <laughs> that were healthy where it didn't really matter about the injuries or the losses to Wicks or AJ or Aaron Jones or, you know, no Jair. It didn't matter. This team showed up to play and they, they did it on the national stage. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned shootout because right after the Packers scored, I was like, okay. And then the Lions like made it look really easy and came back and scored. And I looked at my dad and I was like, I don't know if this offense has enough juice to be able to hang in a shootout. You know, like I was like, I don't know if they're going to be able to go score for score all game and we'll save the defense. We'll talk about the defense because they also deserve their flowers, but the performance of the offense, I actually just tweeted it this morning. The Packers are putting up their best numbers of the season in their last four games. Like they're at almost 400 total yards in the last four games. And they're three and one in that stretch. Like it is starting to click. We are seeing this young offense, you know, that Rasul said, you can't call them young anymore but it's paying dividends. Like it's finally putting things together and maybe we'll save it for later. But that 53 yard shot to open the game, I was like, okay, this is what we've wanted to see from this entire offense. And they finally hit one and it just set the tone, I think for the whole game. Well, let's start with it. Cause it was the beginning of the game and it was a topic of discussion because it seems like Matt and Jordan went back and forth about it a little bit before the game saying, maybe we don't start with it. And Jordan said, no, I want to. Christian and I, like, we've talked about it, and this is how we want to set the tone. And I love that, too, that shows a little bit of, like, the inside between the relationship between Matt and Jordan as well, that they feel it's open enough that they can have that dialogue, that Jordan feels comfortable enough to say, you know, hey, coach, actually, I'd really like to keep it. No, you know, and that everyone clearly still stands by Christian. And, hey, look, deep ball. And say what you want, you know, obviously it was a little bit underthrown. Don't care. He got up, got and it. Double it was, coverage. Like it was. Double coverage. Yeah. And look, 53 yard bomb to Christian Watson running full speed. Like you have to mega overthrow that to that dude for it to not be a little bit underthrown. <laughs> so, and it was caught. I don't care. And it really did set the tone because like I said before, Packers went up, grabbed the lead and never handed it back. And that's something that they haven't done yet this season. They have grabbed leads before and they've given them back and gotten fourth quarter leads and then they've lost them and not been able to get them back. And they've lost games that way. And this was a very like definitive statement of saying, actually, this is our game and we're winning. And it got close at the end. But I think that last touchdown was a very much like a garbage time touchdown. It was 40 seconds left on the clock and it didn't matter. Like they won by two scores against the lions in my mind. And it all started with that 53 yard bomb. Yeah. And it's nice to see those confidence building moments too, because, you know, we always joke on Twitter, right? Like, Oh, this player read the tweets, but like Devonte Adams, people came out and said like, no, nine is the guy like you need to just, and I think it was Ross Uglum who posted some clips of it, but It's like the Packers went back to everything that had been clicking for the offense. You know, they had just suddenly put Watson in this box of like, he's only going to run go routes. And that wasn't working. And we saw it not work. 
So yes, you open up with the shot for 53 yards and it does connect, but then you see him running some of the, like the intermediate mesh stuff for like seven, eight yards at a time. And it's like, okay, this opens up your entire offense when you yeah. don't have a receiver becoming one dimensional. Yeah. You get him on the crossers. You, he pulls defenders with him, right? So you, even if he's just a decoy, like you pull him across the field, you open up an entire half of the field because defenders have to trust it. They have to move with him. You know, he's an incredible blocker. I'm pretty sure he had one of the key blocks on the Jaden Reed end around. Mm -hmm. He's just always in there when the Packers make big plays, even if he's not the one catching the ball. And recently he hasn't been the one catching the ball, but you knew it was coming. And especially in a game where, you're missing some of your starters. And it was funny. I think my dad is the one that pointed it out, but they were using him in a lot of the ways that they typically use Luke Musgrave, which is yeah. funny because Luke's a tight end, but you know, in some of, like you said, some of the mesh stuff, some of the scene stuff. And it's just because Christian can do it all. And it probably says a lot about like the way that they see Luke Musgrave as well as like this big kind of like move, you know, multi-dimensional tight end, but I just like the way that Matt got to get creative with him. And finally, like you said, this team backs him and he needed this kind of confidence game. I think what makes it so interesting too is, and we kind of talked about it going into the season, like the expectations for this offense. And still, I mean, we're 12 weeks into the season here. The Packers have played 11 games and they still don't have a receiver over 500 yards. Jaden Reed is close. He's got 497, but like the distribution of the ball Everybody can come up and make a play. I know you want to talk about Tucker Craft. I'm sure we will get there, finally getting his touchdown. But, you know, Christian Watson, 350 yards, three touchdowns. Romeo Dobbs, 433 yards on the season, but seven touchdowns. Jaden Reed, almost 500 yards, five touchdowns. So even like, I know they didn't play, but like guys like Dontavian Wicks, Malik Heath had a really nice game kind of filling in in that spot duty. So like the way that they're able to get all of their guys to step up and make plays it doesn't necessarily matter. Christian Watson might still be a one. Maybe Jaden reads your one. We've talked about it on the show before, but this offense doesn't feel like it's predicated on needing a one. And that's why I think it's working so well. It's fun watching them scheme up. Cause a theme of this season has been, like you said, Jordan spreading the ball around to everyone. And that is something that Matt, I think in his best games with Aaron Rodgers, that has, that is what they've always done. That has been, a theme I think of Matt's play calling is spreading the ball around to all of your playmakers, scheming them open. And like I said, some of his best games, I think about that Cardinals game. I think about the Raiders game when Aaron Rodgers had his first perfect passer rating in a game. And that was just what a one o'clock game, noon game um, in a random season. But those games stand out to me as when Matt gets in his bag and gets to spread the ball around to all of his playmakers. And, you know, we make a lot of comments about, and I don't want to get down this rabbit hole, but I say this just like we make a lot of comments about the way the Packers kind of draft and pick their offensive weapons. But, you know, this was one of those games where you get to say, well, that worked. You know, and it's, and again, you're right. Christian could end up being a one. He was six yards shy of a hundred yard receiving game. Mm -hmm. And he only has, what was it? You said 350 on the season. He missed, he's missed like half the season. Right. So he could still very easily eclipse the 500 and he should, and still have, you know, a great season receiving yards wise, but they might not need it. 
because they have guys like Romeo Dobbs, like Jaden Reed, like Luke Musgrave, Tucker Kraft now, all the guys behind them, even their running backs, because I know you want to talk about the run game at some point, who are part of the receiving game. And it just doesn't matter as long as you're getting your total yardage and your touchdowns. That's it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But more importantly, is the person who's getting them the ball. <laughs> right? Right? Absolutely. He's, he's, the guy. He, he's the guy. He had 22 of 32, 268 yards. So not a 300-yard day, but that's okay because he had three tuds, no interceptions, no turnovers at all. Jordan Love, man. Look, he's, he's you him. and I... You and I, I want to give us a little bit of a shout out because you and I have never been down on him. We have always said steady as it goes, uphill, step by step. He's been stacking these games for four weeks now. It's been four straight weeks of incremental improvements. And this was, let me introduce myself to you all, right? This was like on the national stage, everyone and their mother literally is watching the, <laughs> the afternoon Thanksgiving game and he got to have his moment and not everyone has their moment. You know, we watched the commanders get beat down by the Cowboys. Not everyone has their moment on Thanksgiving. Jordan Love had his moment and put the league on notice. And I think everybody noticed. I, I was talking to my dad about it, like while the game was happening. And I was like, it's so funny to see like the national media and mm-hmm. all the comments and all the, you know, the little mentions they were making all season. All of a sudden this game comes on and they're like, wow, look at him. Like all of a sudden we all want to talk about Jordan Love. And, you know, I, I, again, was talking to my dad about it and it's like, you have, you can't just abandon Jordan and the Packers after a rough start to the season. We had said maybe they're a 10 and seven kind of playoff team, but it's an evaluation year. You're evaluating your quarterback. And a lot of the hurdles they had in the beginning of the season, it was hard to get a true assessment of their quarterback. Well, now we're seeing the offense click and we're getting a true assessment of the quarterback. And it's a pretty damn good assessment. Yeah. He, you and I talked about this a little bit last night. And I think one of like the biggest things that I've noticed in the last month, because he hasn't necessarily changed all that much. Even when the offense wasn't working well, he was still going through his reads, not making like poor decisions, planting his feet, getting the ball out quickly. It was just a matter of like the receiver was in the wrong place or there were a lot of drops, you know, like there were reasons why things weren't moving, you know, they still don't have a run game. And I think we're going to get there. The blocking up front has been better. He's just getting 
way more comfortable out there. Like the game has obviously just slowed way down for him. You can just see his processing speed is way up. He's able to get through his reads way faster. I think his ability to get the ball out with pressure in his face has gotten, I mean, think about the, his very first start against the Chiefs versus what he's able to do now with an Aiden Hutchinson or a Khalil Mack in his face. I mean, night and day. And so you said it. I mean, you abandon a guy after like a handful of starts? No, half a season. And look at the improvement simply because he just needed the reps. And his, right? his offense did. I mean, Luke Musgrave. Yeah had a ton of drops to start the season and they were clicking really, really well. Christian Watson, we compared it to MVS. Like when guys run a four, two, it takes a while to get on the same page with them. And we're just starting to see the connection that he's able to make with like, I think Romeo Dobbs and him have had the connection for a while, but knowing where his receivers will be, you watch the QB school. I watch the QB school, but JT O'Sullivan always talks about the anticipation on his throws. And that's something that's even gotten better is Jordan has getting the ball before his receivers are even making their cuts. And that is just so significant for a young quarterback to be able to do that. Yeah. And you're not, and you said it, you're not always going to be able to do that if you don't have that yet with your receivers, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think also yesterday, you know, we're recording this Friday, like Maggie said, it was also, he threw into some tight windows. I'm not sure we, I mean, he's, he's definitely the kind of quarterback and we've seen it where he's not afraid to throw into double coverage, but it hasn't always been worse. Yeah. It's been a little bit of like a YOLO in the last (laughs) couple of games. Whereas this game, it was less YOLO and more, I'm going to thread this. Right. It felt more calculated. It felt more like I can control where this ball is going to go. And again, like these improvements matter. Those little like YOLO versus thread the needle, those matter because that Jaden Reed touchdown, I mean, that was clearly some kind of like route running mistake, but it didn't matter because their quarterback could get the ball in where only Jaden Reed could catch it. And it was a touchdown. So damn, Jordan just looks. He was shredding. He looked so good. I know. It's it's so fun to to see him have his moment because we talked about like the emotional side of football, the optimistic side of being a fan. And like the expectation as Packers fans is always good quarterback play. So going into a season full of unknowns where you've had two Hall of Famers back to back, there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders, right? And it's a lot of it's like unfair. But to see him come out and play well whatever happens, you know, for this guy's career, it's like, that's, it's, it's just really special for him. He said like, this is the best Thanksgiving I ever had. Like that's, that's really cool. I was thinking about it too. Like regardless of the situation that he stepped into, like take any of the history of the Green Bay Packers out of it. You're starting the team, you know, in 2023, Mm -hmm. Jordan Love was a first round pick, you know, like all of, you you know, you walk into a situation where you still have that level of expectation on you Mm -hmm. and you should also look like, and yes, he was a little bit of the, of that bunch. He was the moldable ball of clay, Anthony Richardson type of this, (laughs) if you will, where you shouldn't probably be expected to start your first year because you need some improvements. You're a work in progress, but you're still a first round pick. And if you don't perform up to that expectation, Ooh, you might get someone fired, you know, and not to be blunt about it, but it's 924 in the morning and I just, my brain, this is how we're, we're working. The coffee hasn't hit yet. <laughs> so 
there's also that. And I was thinking about that also. And last night or yesterday afternoon was, I think, the first time where I'm like, Jordan Love looks like a first round pick today. That is a first round pick quarterback out there shredding up a good defense. I mean, the Lions defense has been playing not its best. Um, and they were down two starters in the secondary. I don't make excuses for them because the Packers were down like four or five of their starters on offense. So like, that is what it is. It is what it is. But, yeah. but he, this was a team that beat the shit out of the Packers earlier this season and he carved them up. And Jordan, you looked like a first round pick. You looked like the Packers future quarterback on Thanksgiving. Very Happy pleased. Thanksgiving to us. Yeah, very pleased. <laughs> let's let's talk about the run game now, unless you have anything else yeah, to wrap up. Let's do it. Because it's still an enigma, right? And we're seeing kind of a more complimentary offense. We're seeing Jordan get the ball out. We're seeing the offense is starting to click. But the run game is still a problem. 109 total yards. 39 or 37 of those came on a Jordan Love designed run, which was beautiful. But like what what is going on what's the deal with the run game a lot of the stuff that works we talked about it kind of pre-show before we hit record the little like one yard check down to aj Dillon, and he'll pick up like 10 but that's that's not a run play you know like what is what is the problem with this running attack the offensive line i mean they can't block for shit i think i look i don't know enough about like run blocking to have like a real opinion on this so if you want to go listen to someone who is better at this than me like please do but yeah I mean I I think also like injury has not helped when there's no consistency and you don't have an Aaron Jones and you're used to blocking for one back and now you have to block for another and now you're getting a Patrick Taylor and an Emmanuel Wilson and this rotation of backs that are all very different tough um it's made this team very one-dimensional, unfortunately. And that's the piece that I struggle with. And it makes what what Jordan Love is doing even more impressive in my mind. Because yeah. mm-hmm. he's literally working with a fairly one-dimensional offense. Um, but it also, to me, makes what A.J. Dillon has been able to turn this season into for himself very impressive. Because he started off the season like in a pretty abysmal spot. And he's... Look, what he's doing on the ground, not great. I mean, yesterday, 14 for 43 yards, averaging 3.1 yards a carry. Fine. Okay day. But like you said, in in the air, three catches for 38 yards, that's 12.7 yards per catch. So, yeah. So, if it means using your backs in some creative ways, then sure. Um, It's just not a sustainable long-term plan. And I mean, like we saw it, especially I think against the Chargers with Jaden Reed getting involved. And some of that you could argue is out of necessity. But if necessity has to breed creativity, don't let it like you should be able to do these kinds of things without it having to be a need. And, you know, we talked about the Packers not having over 500 yards of, you know, in the receiving game. But A.J. Dillon, yards from scrimmage, 632. Jaden Reed is right behind him at 578. So they're not receiving yards, but these are guys that are putting up some significant numbers and are making contributions. And I, in an article I wrote for She Said TV, the six pack, Dylan, and how he deserved some kudos. And the comments ripped me apart because they said that his rushing numbers do not warrant any type of kudos. 
and that's fine. Like you can feel that way, but yeah. he is also a security blanket for Jordan. And some of these little dump offs and check downs that Jordan was not hitting in the beginning of the season, he, you know, that's a ball that he throws away or that's a ball that's intercepted because he throws it into triple coverage. The fact that he chucks it down for one yard and AJ Dillon can go pick up 12 yards. That's what you want from your offense. So yeah. give them their kudos for making smart decisions when they're playing football. Everything yeah. is not going to be five yards a carry and that's okay. Yeah. But the running yeah. needs to be better. Like, no, still I, I mean, yesterday, again, like the Packers were playing with a lead the whole game. And you would think that that would be a place where they're just pounding the rock. And they only had 70 yards on the ground. That's without, sorry, that's if you take away Jordan Love's, you know, 37 yard scramble. So with Jordan's scramble, they're over 100 yards on the ground. I'm sorry, I don't count that. That was like QB read at the end of the game to like basically seal it. That's not great. You know, like that, that's not great. So it's fun that Matt was like, hey, we have a lead and I don't care. I'm going to let my young QB keep slinging it. But that could come back to bite them. You need to be able to pound on the ground, run the clock, own the time of possession. Just like not, I said it already, but like not be so one dimensional because other secondaries and other teams were going up against Packers are about to go up against the chiefs. You know, if they get into a situation where hell, they have a lead against the chiefs, you run that ball, man. You don't give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> you do everything humanly possible not to. And that consists of running the football until they stop you. And the Packers can't do that right now. Yeah. So let's, let's, talk really quickly about Sean Ryan because once again in spot duty I think like he came in and his first rep was against Aiden Hutchinson and it was you know it's like the Aaron Donald thing from a couple weeks ago he's being put in these really you know intense situations and he's playing well so this rotation that they're doing whether it's from injuries or guys getting benched like whatever it is stop (laughs) just stop with the the constant rotating because that's hard for the entire line to find cohesion and give Sean Ryan some reps. He's a third round pick. Yeah. See what he's got. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, (laughs) I don't know what it's going to take. I think probably an injury, but that's what it, it feels like at the very least. It's great to see that their depth looks good. I don't, I don't, the line is so confusing. And I, I think, think the line is the answer to the run game, to be quite honest with you. I think Runyon's in a contract year. So I think some of these guys, yeah, it's, it's maybe there. Which, and that's, you know, it's going to derail the show so we don't have to get into it. But it feels like, for better or worse, sometimes the Packers are so adverse to making changes in season. And they're like, oh, well, Runyon's going to be the guy next season. And it's like, well, that doesn't help you in season when you could be making these adjustments like with Keyshawn Nixon and Hunter <laughs> last year, but that's, we don't, that's a rabbit hole for a, a different day. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the defense because okay. the defense also gets their flowers for not having Jair and not having Devondra Campbell and who else? Rudy Ford, Darnell Savage. And they're said it pretty short, right? they read your tweets and they weren't happy about it <laughs> and they played great. Mean- First of all, Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary. Three sacks, two forced fumbles. 
Did you know that going into the like into this game, Rashawn Gary and Aiden Hutchinson had like identical stat lines? That's crazy because I feel like Aiden Hutchinson gets so much like you know, and, and, and Hutchinson's on the field like 90% of their snaps, which is insane. Yeah. Like I feel like that's not sustainable. And Rashawn doing it. And Rashawn's doing it in like 47% of defense. I believe it. Rashawn Gary is amazing. Rashawn Gary is like defensive player of the year level talent with like out people understand, like seeing it. And I don't know why that is like, why do we not call him a game breaker? Is it because he's not playing 70, 80% of snaps? Like I think because he, you only notice the splash plays and he does all the other little things And also just the Packers defense isn't very good as a whole, you know, but man, what a game for Sean, a year and change after tearing his ACL deservedly got the game ball for Matt LaFleur cried again in the locker room because he's, (laughs) I love him so much. Um, But again, like I think in tandem with the offense starting to put things together, you're seeing the guy, you know, Rashawn, put things together and starting to wreck games and the Packers have gone up against a number of elite pass rushers who have single-handedly wrecked games for them. And I feel like Rashawn was that for the lions in this game. He just really single-handedly said, Oh, only depth in our secondary. No problem guys. I got it. (laughs) I'll make it easy for you today. Yeah. And Jonathan Owens, you wanted to talk about him too. I mean, Jonathan Owens, what, led the team with 12 tackles, you know, really was flying all over the place. He picked up the force fumble and had the foresight to run it in for the touchdown because he didn't hear the whistle. And luckily the refs got this one, right? Um, yeah, everyone stepped up. Uh, Anthony Johnson, Jr. Eight tackles, Corey Ballantyne, Isaiah McDuffie, Quay having Quay back is so nice too. Look, this defense, my issue with this defense has never been with the players it has always been with the scheme. Um, right. But I do love, again, when the opportunity presents itself to see that the depth can rise up and make big plays. And they did in this game. They made so so many big plays that it really turned the tide and allowed the offense to capitalize, to score points, and to never give, never give the lead back. I think you could argue this was Lucas Van Ness's best game as a pro. I thought he played exceptional. He even got downfield for a couple tackles. Carl Brooks having a forced fumble, like the depth in some of the later rounds that Goody's able to find. Anthony Johnson Jr., you said at eight tackles already. I thought he played great. I think you're looking at one of your starters at safety next year, potentially. Um, So just a really impressive game from the defense. And really quickly before we wrap, go ahead. Go ahead. Henny pushing that offensive lineman back to the moon. Oh my God. My family was screaming, <laughs> screaming on the couch. Actually, I think that might've been the play that we got like up for. We were like, look at Kenny. <laughs> but no, really quickly, before we wrap this up, I was just going to say something that, you know, I really want to mention is the penalties. Cause that was a knock against this offense and this defense. Honestly, quite frankly, the whole team was the self-inflicted wounds. They would have been in so many more games. And I think they could have won a handful more of these games if they weren't repeatedly shooting themselves in the foot. And we've seen it. They've cleaned things up. They've won the turnover battle. They're protecting the football. And they're just, we said the the easy things look hard and the easy things don't look hard anymore. And I think that's like my biggest takeaway from the last couple of weeks is that they finally are just take a deep breath. They're doing the little things right. 
and it's compounding into these big moments where they're actually winning football games. It is. Wow. Final thoughts. This was a good one. I mean, Aaron Nagler tweeted about it, right? He said, if they win this, we're going to tell our grandkids about it. Like this was a very special, fun Thanksgiving memory for Jordan, for Rashawn, for the entire team. And it was just really cool to see them play their best football of the season on a national stage when they were down. Like I kept thinking of that song from Hamilton, like outgunned outmanned. That's how I felt going into Detroit. And then that's the product that they put on the field. Yeah, man. Just great. I mean, who knows how the rest of the season is going to go, but I think this is a game that a young team really needs. It's just something that they can come back to and point to and say, well, we did that. Let's build off that. Um, Not a lot of negatives from this one at all. So go pack. And now they have a little bit of a bye before the Chiefs so they can get healthy and then take on uh, the best team in football, see what they can do. Yeah, primetime Sunday night contest. Kind of cool to go from two. uh, You got Thanksgiving. You got a long week, long rest go into Sunday night football against, yeah, against the chiefs, the, the reigning super bowl, uh, winners. So thank you yeah. as always for listening to the show. That's all the time that we have for today. Find us on YouTube at Pax. What she said, you can find us on any of your favorite audio platforms at Pax. What she said as well. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. The podcast is PWSS podcast. Enjoy this long break enjoy the w the packers are three and one in their last four games and building some momentum things look good and it is fun to talk about packers football so hope you enjoyed your holiday sit on this dub soak it in for a while because it's a good one go pack go go pack go